Welcome, everybody, to the latest edition of the Bolt from the Blue podcast. In this pod, we're going to take a look back at the game against Real Madrid in the Champions League. Of course, we got a very satisfying 2-1 win in the first leg. As usual, my guests are King of the Kipax writer and City Matters Committee member Colin Savage. And of course, for the passion, for the fury, we have Ray from City Fan TV on YouTube. It was a fascinating tactical discussion uh, between the two guys. We are delighted to bring this to you. We hope you enjoy it. Please keep an eye out for us. We are available on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Stitcher, TuneIn, Spotify, and all of the places where you get your podcasts. This one lasts just over an hour, so if you guys fancy going out for a walk or you have a session to do in the gym, then this should help you put the time in uh, more quickly as we discuss this game. My name is Mike Long, a.k.a. Bolt from the Blue, an avowed City supporter since... The Cup Run in 1981, that's revealing a little bit of my age. I'm also a big supporter of Larne Football Club in Northern Ireland, games that I used to go to with my dad back in the late 1980s. So if there are any Larne fans out there that are also Man City fans, this one's for you. So let's get started. Here we go. Savage, looking at that Real Madrid team, and of course they're so practiced in this competition, they've got light shirts, I think uh, some people were saying. In that particular first half, there was something missing from them, wasn't there? I don't know whether it was uh, the fact that Cristiano Ronaldo just poured his uh, gold dust over the whole outfit, but um, they weren't the, the Real Madrid that we've known, were they? I think they were as respectful of us as we were of them, to be honest. Because um, Benzema was fairly isolated, wasn't he? And um, I, I, I just think that that first half was like two boxers just dancing around the, the ring trying to figure each other out. Certainly, both teams were full of running and, and stifling the life out of each other. Not, not, not in a negative sense, but it was a very, I say, it was a very active, high energy. Pressing from the front, wasn't it? And um... well, I was going to say, I think they were scared of us. Not just respecting us, but they were fearful. You know, that's why they're 
they, they did not want us to pass that ball out from the back. They wanted Edison to kick it long. That's why they'd have four or five men waiting to pounce, putting the pressure on. But whenever Edison got the ball, from whether it was a goal kick or a pass back to him, they did not want us to pass it around at the back. Because if we started passing around at the back, they would just get even more tired, even quicker. And obviously, kicking the ball long, you, you, you know, you're taking your chances. And I think generally, Edison, you know, Edison's kicking was, was all right. But it's, it was just, even if it was tar- targeted and reasonably accurate, it is long ball stuff. For most of the part, you know, we weren't winning many of the headers. Do you think that we were kicking it long? Because we got that comment on Twitter from Davey McDade from Lauren, who was saying that he thought that it was um, a little bit uh, dull and he thought that City were kicking it long. Is that how you saw it? We had no choice. We had no choice to kick it long because of the, of the uh, you know, if, if a team are prepared to put four or five men in, in, our, in the final third, whenever the goalie's got the ball, then it doesn't matter how good you are. And we are one of the best at playing out from the back, if not the best. Um, for me, maybe this is a bit, maybe I'm forgetting other teams, but we're, we're one of the best since Barcelona in their heyday of passing it out from the, around at the back. Um, but if, you, if you're going to put four or five players on, um, you know, there's not many uh, avenues, there's not many opportunities for the short uh, pass into the defenders or the, um, the midfield. So we, we we were forced to do it. And you've got to give Madrid some credit for t- and, and Zidane some credit for taking the courage to do that because if we ha- even if we did manage to beat the press, if we try if we tried to, um then you know, we did have been open. Did about you know, five men back uh, against our forwards coming through and that had been extremely dangerous for them. So it took a bit of courage, took a bit of a risk and uh, but we weren't prepared um to pass it around at the back whilst they had so many men waiting to pounce on us. Colin, how were you feeling at halftime? Were you thinking, uh, well, this is a great foundation we've established in the game? Or did you think, oh, we're, we're just going to do a city, aren't we? We're, we're going we're gonna to get so far in the game. We're going to concede and, and then things are going to uh, go against us. That, I mean, that's how a lot of people... Oh, my goodness, the people on Twitter before that point were... They, they changed their, their whole outlook in a flash when uh, things began to go better for us after the 60th minute. But at halftime, um, how were you feeling? Half time, I was satisfied enough. I say I thought Real Madrid probably had slightly the better of the second quarter of the first half, if you like, second quarter of the game. Um, I, I did put a, a joking tweet saying, uh, "What a time to, for Pep Guardiola to do a Tony Pulis tribute act," because um, we were going mm-hmm. quite long. So I was quite glad to get to half time because we, you know, we've seen it so many times. You know, we play so well for eighty nine minutes and thirty seconds, and then there'll be a you know, a series of brain farts and we'll find ourselves a goal down having had 17 shots on target. And, um, but, but I think what, the thing that heartened me at half time was, like I say, I thought we were slightly getting the worst, worst of it by the, when the whistle went. And I thought, well, well, you know, well, Pep, we know what Pep's like. They'll go in and he'll come up with a solution to why we couldn't break the Madrid press. I think that's what he did, really. I, I, I'm still not quite sure exactly what he did. I need to watch the game about two or three times to do that, but um, we did seem to be, after an initial kind of 10, 15 minutes, we did seem to become a lot more fluent. And certainly, as usual, we were on top where the goal went in. Well, uh, just um, before we finish off that little summary of the first half, Ray, on the 33rd minute, um, Fernandinho mm-hmm. had to come on for Laporte. I mean, uh, d- what kind of an injury did that look like to you? Well, uh- I, I didn't know. I had no idea at the time. Um, you know, the commentators obviously had no idea either. They were talking about maybe that's a reoccurrence of his old injury, which didn't seem plausible uh, to me. They were talk- 
I mean, there was even the talk of fatigue after 30 odd minutes. Um, and sometimes uh, it just gives you an idea what some of these commentators are like and how um, thick and ignorant they are. I mean, it certainly wasn't going to be fatigue after 30 minutes. Someone said today that it might have been a hamstring uh, injury. Whatever it was, he, he walked off of, of, of his own accord. Um, didn't need help, didn't need the stretcher, didn't need any assistance whatsoever. He just trudged off. Um, obviously, we're not going to know the extent of that injury. Uh, I think the, the club will know. And probably Pep will tell us tomorrow uh, at the press conference for the uh, Carabao Cup final, which is on Sunday. Uh, I think he'll give us a, uh, an update. Uh, it's 50-50 whether Pep will actually say this is what the injury is or... We need a little bit more time to assess, which he has done occasionally uh, in recent times, I think, um, just to <laughs> make sure no one knows what's going on. Uh, but uh, I don't think he'll play on Sunday. That's just my feeling. It didn't look like a, a knock or a muscle injury uh, or a not, a, not a, I wouldn't say a muscle injury, but one of the, just a, a, a blow, you know, a, 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 you know, from a clash of legs or something like that, which you could probably you know, shake off after a few days. It just looked like the way he trudged off, to me anyway, I, I don't think he'll feature on Sunday. Well, yeah, that's exactly what um, that's exactly what it looked like. I mean, we weren't even concentrating on him, of course. He just went uh, down and, and walked himself off. But, uh, Colin, everything began to spring into life uh, on the 60th minute. Your worst fears seemed to have come true with that goal from Isco. Yeah, I say we, we seem to be doing quite well. We seem to be getting on top. And then it was just a, a series of um, you know, stupid things, really. Um, Rodri had, had been given, making me nervous all night because he'd made quite a few passes which were very dangerous or, or just downright poor. And he did a bit the same uh, at Leicester. And um, that was one of him and uh, Otamendi were exchanging passes in midfield. And uh, Rodri made a, a, what I thought was a very poor pass, to be honest. Uh, Otamendi was was being crowded out, and um, you know, and perhaps Otamendi could have done a bit more. But you know, Otto, it, Rodri had no need to make that pass. You know, it was about maybe it was less than ten yard pass when he had other options on, and um, Otamendi was a bit weak in the tackle. And again, it's one of my things I keep banging on about. But you know, when it's a fifty fifty ball, the number of times we get out muscled is ridiculous. Uh, Otamendi lost out. Um, Real Madrid charged forward. Kyle Walker also had an opportunity, seemed to have an opportunity to, to get a foot in and clear that ball, but he didn't. And, um, I, I can't remember who it was. Uh, oh, Vinicius, Vinicius, I think, who had the ball. And, and all he had to, having got past Kyle Walker, all he had to do was square it to, um, Isco and, uh, who, who basically had a tap in. And, um, and it was just so frustrating because it was just, again, we'd be knocking at the door. We'd had a couple of goes and, um, we were one nil down. You think, you know, and, and to me that, that was, that was the crucial time because the, the question is then, do we fold? You know, do Real Madrid get a, 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 a second win? Do, do we fold or, or can we come back from that? And, and certainly for a few minutes, it looked like we were a bit rattled. Uh, and again, there was a couple of occasions where players weren't concentrating properly and putting daft balls, uh, playing daft passes and, and dangerous balls and things like that. But of course, um, uh, it, but it, even then, I'd have, I'd have taken, probably have taken a 1-0 loss in the Bernabeu to get them back to the Etihad. Of course, of course we wanted a goal, you know, and the way goal was precious. But at that point, look, we're a goal down, looking a little bit rattled, I'd have taken that 1-0. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, Ray, everyone thought that this was how it was going to play out. We had to eat that for 13 minutes, actually. 
Um, yeah. And uh, we were one nil down, and uh, of course every pundit under the sun was saying that that was how it was going to finish. Um, but then again, uh, I think it was only seventy third, seventy second, seventy third minute we took off uh, Bernardo Silva, put on Raheem Sterling. And uh, everyone seems to think that uh, that was the turning point. Would you agree with that? Not necessarily, because um, we were still having moments. We were still having chances. You know, and I think before they scored, we had Maris had a chance, uh, which he hit too near the keeper with his uh, weaker right foot. So, you know, until they scored, we were we were looking the more uh, impressive for, for me. They didn't look like, you know, I, I couldn't see them scoring apart from uh, a bit of a Cityitis and typical City gifting them a goal, which is what we did. Um, but I still thought, um, you know, after we, we did wobble a little bit, I uh, I believe, uh, where we relied on Fernandinho making two blocks or deflections, um, which were crucial, absolutely crucial, because go down 2-0 and we're, we're going to be really up against it. I didn't want to lose 1-0. I would rather lose 2-1 um, and get that away goal. That was really, really important for me. Um, but we were still creating chances, so... You know, I, I, I don't think Raheem single-handedly changed the destiny of the game. Um, but I was talking to Colin Offair before we, we, we came on when we were talking about uh, Sterling uh, and Aguero on the bench. And I felt what um, one of the purposes were for that was um, to keep their fresh legs, especially Sterling, and bring him on late. Uh, you know, hoping for to be either nil-nil or one-nil down or a, a close game. And then bring Sterling on to use his pace, uh, his blistering pace, when uh, Real Madrid would have tired bodies and tired minds. Um, so I think in that way he was effective. I don't think he'd have been as effective if he'd started the game. Uh, I think um, Gabi Jesus was more effective in, in helping maintain um, the scoreline at, at 0-0. Uh, and as soon as Sterling came on, I think Gabi was freed up a little bit to, to actually focus on playing as a as a, uh, as a centre forward. And then of course Colin, we got that goal equaliser from Gabby Jesus on the 78th minute and of course uh, nobody celebrated that for a couple of minutes afterwards to, to, uh, to see that uh, it wasn't um, uh, offside. Um, maybe you could talk us through that one. Well actually I think one of the things we've not really talked about is, is the referee. and, and Well not the, the referee but um, the, the chance that given our uh, conflict with UEFA um, that, that things might be stacked against us. But the referee actually had been very good up to that point. Um, but with the goal, I mean, Kevin De Bruyne had, had um, made his way to the kind of towards the edge of the penalty area, the byline. He looked to be crowded out. There looked to be about three Real Madrid players crowding him out. But somehow he managed to swivel and, and just float a ball over. But with no great power, it really was a, a floated ball. And somehow Gabby J had got beyond, behind Ramos. Now, he looked to have two hands on his back, but Ramos was backing towards him. Um, and, and there certainly wasn't an obvious push in there. Uh, he put his hands up to, to stop um, Ramos getting any further. Uh, and somehow um, he got a, a header to it. Courtois, I think, probably could have done better. Got a bit of a weak, uh, what they call a weak wrist to it. And the ball was in the back of the net. Now, I think everyone for that, at that moment... Uh, um, well, I, I think I, I kind of jumped on my, my chair screaming, but then you remember, hang on, we're playing in the Bernabeu, um, they'll find some, it was Gabby Jesus anyway, they'll find some way of disallowing it. <laughs> Um, but they didn't. So, um, despite all the Real Madrid players complaining about a push, but we said the painting wasn't. Um, we, we were back level, which was absolutely staggering. How did you feel about that, Ray? Did you think that was going to be overruled? 
Uh, absolutely. It's just the way it is. You know, as soon as you see Gabby, I don't think he pushed him. He just had his hands there. But they touched it, um, Ramos. And, you know, Real Madrid were, were, were bitterly complaining about that. Uh, but the interesting thing, apparently in Spain, they were criticizing, criticizing Ramos for being in the wrong place rather than worrying about uh, a little nudge or whatever, a bit, you know, hands on the body, so to speak. Uh, I think Courtois really should have saved that. You know, Colin said, he's, you know, it's like, it's that uh, limp wrist syndrome. Uh, and in, in journalistic parlance, we call it the Glendening, the limp wrist syndrome. Um, he, he should have saved that. But look, <laughs> The ball, look, the ball went in. It took, took its time to, to, to um, clock through that, that, that uh, lame joke. Um, but, no, no, it, I think he should have saved it. But we, we're going to take it, you know, absolutely t- uh, take it. And it, I think it, um, it was fully deserved. Gabby had worked tirelessly. He'd worked, you know, in a defensive capacity. I remember one um, launch upfield, and he was in the left-back position to win the header. Um, so it was a tremendous display. And I think he got his just uh, rewards there. It was, uh, you know, yeah, I think he had a fabulous, fabulous game. One of, probably for me, one of his best in a, in a city shirt, considering the nature of the opposition, where we were playing, you know, the competition we were in. It's massive pressure for the kid. And, um, he's come up trumps for us. Well, that goal stood, Colin, and um, it was, uh, just to go back to Ray's uh, boxing analogy, just after we scored that, I felt that, um, City were like a boxer and they, they, they basically uh, wobbled the knees of the opponent and they went for it. And uh, the next five minutes was was pretty thrilling. And then, oh, my gosh, we got a penalty and everybody on social media was going, hold on, guys, hold on, <laughs> hold on. Don't <laughs> don't celebrate because this is going into Rosette, whoever's taking this. We had no idea who was going to take it, but up, to, up popped to Kevin De Bruyne. Yeah, yeah. Well, that was, I think, um, that was a, a little bit of a surprise, maybe, with, with, um, Gundogan on the pitch. Um, but yeah, he's not taken one for quite a while. And, uh, I, you know, I think every City fan was thinking the same thing, you know, that, that oh, yeah, the rest given us a penalty, but we've no chance of scoring it. Um, I'm quite surprised he gave the penalty. It was a fairly blatant one. So, uh, I think we'd have got it anyway. And, um, again, Courtois committed himself to go to his left. Um, just as Kevin De Bruyne did his run-up, so it was the easiest thing in the world for for Kev to roll it into the right-hand side or the left-hand side as we looked at it. Well, so um, can you hear me? Well, the way he was, step- yeah, Cam, the way he was stepping up, I, I felt, uh, Colin said, you know, he, his his run was uh, quite um, what's the right word? Uh, it was quite obvious where he he was going to hit it. Um, but the, the thing for me, you know, he didn't blast it, he didn't leather it, um, he hit it firmly. Uh, and it's great if you send the keeper the wrong way and you hit it on target, then you're going to score. So that's the first thing. But he hits it firmly enough. If Courtois had gone the right way, he'd have had to gone early, he'd have had to gone low, uh, and he'd have had to gone quickly. So KDB, I think he had probably enough power, enough direction because it went into the corner to beat Courtois. And one of the mistakes we've made in recent times is actually hit the ball in the air, so, uh, so the goalkeeper can make that save while he's going across and down. Um, so. Confident? Well, I, I guess he must have been practicing because we've been lousy at penalties recently. I was a bit surprised that Gundogan didn't take it, seeing he was on the pitch. Uh, I thought he'd have got the, uh, the duty back, but look, KDB, he was captain for the night. He took the responsibility uh, and he took it really well. 
Colin, um, definite penalty for you uh, because um, the 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 particular feed that I was uh, watching was the one with uh, Steve McManaman uh, broadcasting. It was quite oh, interesting yeah. oh, because because the, did he, he was he, he was falling over. He was already falling over. That's what McManaman said. And then of course he saw the slow yeah. motion replays and he said, "Yeah, it's a definite penalty." Why did they let that bloody idiot? <laughs> but actually, Ray, I think one of the most, the more interesting things was that I think that uh, in the live play when he went down, I, I, I think I have this right. I'm not exactly sure, but he shouted out "No!" The word "No" yeah. when that happened, <laughs> yeah. and, I mean, and, 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 and unbelievable. Well, the, the the guy he couldn't hide his bias. Look, I, I get it. He played for Real Madrid. Um, through you know the better part of his career, you know for a few years when he was probably the top of his game, he won stuff at Real Madrid. Didn't he score a goal in the Champions League final? I get yeah. all that, um, but it's as if at City, um, you know, uh, we were we must have been really unfair to him and unkind um, when he played for City because he seems to hate us. And, and, and considering he spent most of his time just pointing his finger, uh, asking other people to do the running, uh, I don't think he's you know he's got any uh, leg to stand on. And it's, it's, it, but the bias that is out there is just, to be honest, it's slightly annoying. But it's, for me, it's really boring. You know, you get used to it. And, uh, you know, someone said, oh, you know, um, I, I wish it was like Amazon. I wish BT and Sky were like Amazon, where you can uh, turn the commentator off and still get the crowd noise. I said, just put the radio on. Listen to it on the radio. Put your headphones on. Listen there. Watch it on the telly. That's one way to go. Uh, because uh, the bias is just... Uh, it's, it's, as I said, it's boring, tedious. Oh my gosh, yeah. Unfortunately, I didn't have that option over here, but I, I definitely, um, I heard him, I heard him yell no in live play when, uh, Gabby, uh, when, um, Raheem was, uh, foul. I could not believe it. Well, anyway, we got the goal and, uh, I didn't even have a chance to settle. It was only about three minutes before Sergio Ramos got sent <laughs> off, Colin. And my goodness, uh, that's got to be like some kind of record. The number of times he's been sent off. It was kind of, um, um, it, it was it was awesome actually to see it, and and they disputed that they're all around the referee. Uh, but for me, it was uh, pretty clear. What did you think? Well, I think uh, Gabby J was very clever there. He got got himself between Ramos and, and the ball, and uh, there was only one or two things going to happen. He was either going to score, and, and Ray and I were saying before. I think I'd rather he could have got the goal because that's that's kind of in, one in the bank, isn't it? But yeah. he was either yeah. going to score or get the penalty, and he got the penalty. And uh, not get the penalty, but um, either Ramos was going to catch him outside the area and get a red card, he was going to get in the area and get a penalty, um, or, or, or Gabby J was going to score. So, well, um, I, you know, it was a win-win-win situation, really. The, the funny thing I, for me is, what I, what, I, what I would have liked in that situation, and the thing is you can't trust the ref, is Gabby J to have had the shot. If it was a goal, the ref gives the goal, plays the advantage. And if they miss, then it comes back and gives us a free kick. That's how I'd like those situations to pan out. Um, because that third goal w- would have been, it would have been cru- not crucial, but it made such a difference because Real Madrid would have come to Manchester knowing that they had to score three goals at, uh, you know, at our place. I, I, I can't even think of the last time a team's come to Manchester uh, and scored three goals at our place. I mean, United, yeah, yeah I mean, it it's happen- happens a few times a season now. But I, I'm trying to think, was it um, off the top of my head? I mean, Monaco scored three goals against us, but that was three seasons back. I can't remember anybody else uh, in recent times. 
So Real Madrid would have had to do something um, quite remarkable. Oh, sorry, I forgot about United in the, in the derby in the Centurion season. But whatever. Real Madrid would have had to do something quite remarkable. Something that very rarely happens. Uh, you know, 5% possibility for them to score three goals. That's the difference that that third goal would have made. Uh, but look, we still won 2-1. So you've got to be extremely happy about that. And of course, uh, Ramos is out of the next game, uh, Colin Savage, but also, uh, I think, is uh, Benjamin Mendy. How did you feel about his performance and how much of a loss will that be for us? Uh, I thought, on the whole, he performed very, very well. He seemed to have a mad few minutes when he got booked, and I think we all had our hearts in our mouths thinking he's going to get a red card here because they're going to play on him and uh, Real Madrid were going to dive and all that sort of stuff. But uh, after about five, ten minutes of looking a bit all at sea, he he recovered, and I thought he was one of our most effective performers on the night. Well, luckily, guys, we only had to sort of suffer for... Seven more minutes after the uh, the Ramos uh, sending off, because that happened on the 86th minute. We only got three minutes of um, added on time. Uh, and so what I thought we could do is we just have a have a little look through our own uh, list of players and talk about some individual performances. Um, uh, Colin, I think I, I caught a little bit uh, of uh, what you said before we started recording. You were quite impressed with uh, Otamendi, weren't you? Well, you know, we've said about Osamendi before, haven't we, that he can play four games, 360 minutes, play 359 of those brilliantly, uh, and one minute can turn into, um, you know, a, a one-man disaster area. Um, Buster Keaton can turn into, you know, the footballing Buster Keaton. Or Harold Lloyd, I think, was the one who was, uh, the, the silent film star was always getting himself yeah. in scrapes. Um, yeah. Not that I remember that era, of course. Um, <laughs> before we joke. Before, well, I'll get it in before you, you lot. Uh, but I, I think he had, there was, there was one or two small, obviously the, the goal, um, you, you could fall, put some, some of the blame on him for, but again, um, you know, the defenders didn't really have a, Benzema was so isolated that the, 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 the centre back pairing didn't really have a great deal to do, did they? I, I, you know, I don't think. Uh, it was really, what? Real Madrid had one corner, didn't they? There was a wonderful save from Ederson. Did you, uh, I, I don't think we've really talked about that. That was um, a fantastic save, uh, Ray. Were there any standout players uh, in in the defence or, or in midfield that, that you saw? Oh, uh, in defence, well, indeed, when he came on, I thought he was. Uh, you know, he showed why he why I was surprised that he didn't start the game because he made two crucial uh, blocks, and one was from a very good. Real Madrid move, which was, I remember it was hit, the ball was crossed to the far post. I think there was a, um, Ramos actually was there asking for the ball, but it was hit over his head to, I think, Isco who controlled it and laid it back to Ramos who had a shot and Fernandino got his back in the way uh, and it went over the bar. But I think Fernandino played well. I think Walker, I can't, apart from that brain fart when, uh, they scored where he had an opportunity to clear it. And he tried, I don't know what he was trying to do, control it or whatever, and he miscontrolled it. It should have just been leathered, as far as I'm concerned. But I thought he had a decent game, as Colin Yeah, Ray, uh, you, there were a couple of, there were at least two occasions when you saw Walker out sprinting uh, Gareth Bale uh, for the ball. Oh, and he, uh, I, I was very impressed with Walker. Everybody. Yeah, I, I think he, he could have sprinted Bale, uh, uh, Vinicius, anybody on that pitch. I think Walker was uh, the, the, the fellow the with the most is, could he out-sprint Moonchester? That's the thing. Wow, <laughs> that's a big one. That, that'll be an end of, end of the season clash. I think some, people were, I, a, 
some people are actually thinking that Moonchester is in fact Kyle Walker with the suit on, but um, no, I'm, not not. I'm not exactly. I'm not exactly sure. Moon, but, um, I've said it before. Moon, Moonchester runs like an uh, like an athlete, not a footballer. He runs like an athlete with those uh, high knees. Um, so I, I, I think he, as I said in a previous part, I think he's had a bit of training in that department. I thought Gundogan played all right. I thought Rodri made a few mistakes, which concerned me, um, and I've, I've been concerned for, for a lot of the season you know and I think it's a red herring to throw numbers out and stats simply as that you know look what he did against um, West Ham he had more passes on his own more completed passes than the whole West Ham team but I mean West Ham were poor you know we've seen it a few times this season where I, I've said very early on he's uh, low to bust a gut to chase back uh, when we're in trouble and uh, some of his passing has Leaves a little bit to des- uh, be desired, uh, but look, he's 22, 23 years old. He's he's going to get better, you, you'd hope, um, as, as time goes on. Uh, I think generally they were. I think overall they were good performances all over the pitch. Um, you know, you, it's a funny old thing. If we'd lost the game, I think there'd have been a lot of there'd have been a lot more criticism. People like Walker, people like Otamendi for, for the goal and Rodri. Uh, but seeing as we won, you know, we gloss over some of the mistakes. And we focus on the good stuff, which is which is all right for me. Let's go over to Colin and ask uh, Colin about the performance of the Algerian prince. What did you think of Mares? Well, I thought he had, by and large, a very good game. He was always a threat. When he got into the area, he had the ability to tie the uh, Real Madrid defenders in knots a little bit. I think the only criticism you could lay at him was his finishing wasn't uh, as good as it could have been. So... Um, but yeah, he could have had a couple of goals himself, I think. A couple of weak shots that uh, could have done better with. But um, overall, I thought he had a very effective game. If Real Madrid were looking to buy one of our forwards, you'd think they'd be looking at Mares rather than Sterling. Exactly. And also, Ray, do you think as a lot of people um, on social media were thinking that this was the night when Gabriel Jesus, uh, you know, crossed the um, crossed the line from um, being someone who was kind of peripheral, per- peripheral into a player who can really um, come up with the goods on the big occasion. Do you think that this was um, the equivalent of uh, Gabby Jay's crossing of the Rubicon, Ray? Ooh, um, I'm not sure yet, because there's been times this season when you think, wow, you know, he, uh, I can't remember the game now. He had a, he's got a couple of cracking goals uh, in a game, and then the next game he, he plays and you think, well, you know, he, he's not very good. So he has these ups and downs. Uh, there was that game against, was it West Ham, where he had three very presentable chances and he failed to score with each of them. Um, so th- that's the consistency that uh, we want to see from him. Uh, you know, but it's, it's interesting to note. I think he's got as many goals for City now uh, as Uwe Rossler. Uh, that's right. Uh, yeah, uh, as for City. So, you know, he's, he's, he's done a few years with us, and I, I think he's fortunate to be in a slightly better team than poor old Uwe was in. Um, and played at a higher standard than the, than Rossler was. But, you know, I, I can't say yes, um, that he's crossed that line. And, um, I think it will, I think we'll find out next season. I think next season is, is, will be his crucial season to, to deliver because obviously Sergio will be what, 32, 33 by the end of next season. Uh, and Gabby is, if he's heir apparent, then he's got to start being more consistent, taking more of his chances. And being a bit more composed when he's got a chance to shoot, you know, like that first uh, opportunity he had uh, uh, last night, he just hit it straight at Courtois, where, you know, he he didn't even make Courtois make a proper save because 
Courtois didn't even have to put his hands up here to hit him in the face. It was that close to him. Uh, and, and realistically, I've said it many times this season, When you, if you play Real Madrid, and that was the example I, I gave many, many months ago, if you're playing against Real Madrid, you might only get one or two chances in, in the game. And you've got to be taking those chances. You cannot afford um, you know, to, to, to give up those chances. You've got to be ruthless and clinical and at least make the goalkeeper make a, you know, a fine save rather than an easy save. One of the things, Colin, that normally happens when we come up against one of these uh, giants from the cartel, you um, you look across at their lineup and um, you kind of think, I wonder what we'd be like if we had a couple of their players in our team. But when you look at them um, man for man, I think we were actually uh, better and have been better. I mean, uh, Ederson is the superior of Courtois. Uh, Carvajal uh, wasn't particularly impressive. Varane is someone that I, w- I would always uh, like to have had. He didn't particularly stand out. Stand out. Ramos got sent out, sent off. Modric was a, a very very uh, poor yeah, shadow. Yeah, Modric player. out of the game com- almost completely. Yeah. Yeah, I mean you you take Fernandinho over over Casemiro. Um, Fede Valverde. Well, he's he's kind of like their equivalent of Phil Foden, I guess, and um, he's getting his chances. Uh, Isco Benzema is not the player that he used to be. I guess their best player was probably Vinicius uh, Junior, but. Um, the one person that I did kind of look at quite um, enviously was um, was Ferlin Mendy. Uh, Colin, did we buy the wrong Mendy? <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, he was probably uh, they're so similar, aren't they? Yeah, you know the two Mendys, same name, um, aren't they? same name. You know, one's got twenty two on his shirt, one's got twenty three. It was that actually um, a, a, a journal. I'm trying to remember now. It was a couple of seasons ago, uh, and it was a French. Um, I'd speak to a few French journalists, Algerian journalists as well, and uh, someone said, you know, uh, about six months or so before Ferland Mendy went um, to uh, Real Madrid, that he was a player that had that quality to go somewhere, you know, uh, uh, bigger and better when he was at Lyon, and uh, whether he's actually going to be better than Ben Ben Mendy. So I think it's tough. Both of them obviously want to play uh, for France. It's uh, it's a tough old call. Furlan's only played four games. You know, Ben's slightly higher up in the pecking order, but um, Furlan Mendy, I thought he had a decent game. Yeah, go I'm ahead, Sorry, Ray. I was just going to say that. I was just going to say, but the one play from that from Real Madrid, that City, City have coveted for about eight years now, is this score. I mean, <laughs> surely. surely you really? Guys where, where have you got so, that from? Uh, you know, it's, 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 you know, it's from my secret sources, you know. It's the same sources that people like Miguel, uh, uh, is it Mig, Mig the Pig? Is that his new name? Uh, but anyway, uh, same, same sources. Deluni, that's the one. Deluni. Um, and, you know, the same kind of sources, you know, Daddies and Heinz and, and, uh, whatever, brown sauce. Um, but, ah, uh, look. I don't think there's anybody on that uh, Real Madrid side that I'd, I'd have taken um, over a, a City player. Certainly not some... I mean, Ramos is probably um, t- coming to, um, to the latter stages of his career. I just want to give you a stat. Ramos has now got 26 red cards. And, uh, 26 red cards in his career. He's missed 41 games uh, due to his red cards. But he isn't the player with the most red cards ever. So there are two players who have got more red cards Zlatan. No, he's not, no, no, no. There's one um, player that you'll definitely know that's in the top 10 uh, or top 9 of the most red cards, and that's Vinnie Jones with 12. Only right. 12. Um, the number two is a French fella called Cyril Rule, I think, who's had huh? uh, 25 red cards 
and 187 yellow cards, apparently. Wow. Um, it's, uh, Richard Donald, like Mother Teresa, doesn't it? <laughs> exactly. He said about Gary Lineker. Uh, but the best one, I mean, I, I, I still can't, be- can't believe these numbers myself. I, I can't believe this uh, at all. Um, there's a guy called Gerardo Bedoya, apparently, who's uh, play- used to play in Colombia. Apparently, he's had 46 career red cards. Wow. Well, since you're on the stats, let me um, let me test you guys with this one. Uh, Real Madrid uh, have lost a Champions League home match despite scoring the opening goal for just the second time. When was the last time that happened? And who was it against? Any guesses? So, what was the what question? Was the question? Let me just go through that again. So Real Madrid have lost a Champions League home match despite scoring the opening goal for just the second time in their history. And uh, the last, ta- the last time that it? happened, no, it wasn't against Liverpool, but we're going was back it, was now. Was it against an English club? No, was it, it was against, against an English team. I'll tell you it was against AC Milan, but when was it, though? Any guesses? Wow, it's got to be at least 20 years. 1996 or something. It was actually um, October 2009 ah. um, that that happened. And uh, guys, I, I, you know, I didn't actually realize this. I've been, uh, th- th- this is actually the first time that City have beaten Real Madrid for the first time in their history. And of course, I, I said that before we began to record the pod and then Colin just poured cold water all over that by saying, well, how many times have we played them? But, you know, that, that that's by the by. That's yeah, by yeah, the yeah. by. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I remember beating um, Barcelona yeah, when we beat Barcelona in the Champions League. Obviously, it was only a group stage game, but... Uh, you know, you felt like we'd arrived. You know, we'd actually... Well, in fact, we battered yeah. Barcelona that night. That's the one where uh, Gundogan, I think, scored a couple. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that uh, was wonderful. And, uh, guys, this was um, Kevin De Bruyne's 50th goal. They told him about it in the interview afterwards. He didn't even realise that himself. And uh, this was the first the, the first time that he has scored and assisted in a Champions uh, League uh, game. And... Uh, my goodness, uh, talking about red cards, actually, uh, Ray, let me test you with this one. Uh, Sergio Ramos received his fourth uh, Champions League red card. There are only two players with the same number of red cards in the Champions League. Who are those two players? Let's have a think. Um, I'll, give you, I'll give you a clue. One of the guys used to play with strange glasses. Oh, strange, uh, oh, uh, Davids. Davids was the one, yep. And the other one had a nice line in, 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 in Kung Fu kicks and spectacular Eric. goals. No, not Eric Cantona. No, no, no. <laughs> no, this Zlatan. is uh, Zlatan. Yeah, those two, those two. Davids and Zlatan Ibrahimovic, they both also have, they have uh, four uh, red cards. Here's another one. Guardiola has now won more Champions League knockout stage matches than any other manager. Manager in the history of the competition. How many is that, guys? Wow. Higher, higher. 28. 19. 28. 28. 28. And we're just going to finish off with this this last one, just for fun. Now, Karim Benzema uh, became the sixth player to make 100 appearances for Real Madrid in the Champions League. Who were the other five? Raul. Raul is one. Ramos. Yep. Mm -hmm. So we need three more. Um, one was a one was, one was uh, goalkeeper. One was a goalkeeper. Wasn't um, Cas- Casillas? Casillas was the third. Two more. One of them Ronaldo. is still playing. Ronaldo is the other, Cristiano. and the last one. The last one is a Brazilian player, long since retired. Brazilian defender uh, with those bendy uh, free kicks from a hundred yards out. Oh, Roberto, um, Carlos. 
But okay, yeah. Roberto Carlos, there you go, guys. Um, I I hope I haven't seen uh, too many um uh, reports on the game. I hope it's not gonna it's not gonna be the same as the only one that I did see. This was ESPN FC that I always tune into because I like watching um Craig Burley growl about things. And um and I was I was watching just the only one I saw was the um the the, the match report given by uh, ESPN FC with Craig Burley, but sadly. Um, I was just, um, I, I tuned into that to, to really sort of lap it up, but they just went on about how bad Real Madrid were. They weren't really giving us too much credit at all for this. And um, Colin, do you think that will be the, the, the tone of, of the journos out yeah. there, focusing we, we, on Madrid mostly? Yeah, there's nothing new, is it? You know, we, we have a great written the focuses on how bad our, um, our opponents were, not how good we were. Well, Barney Rone. Oh, wait, no, he, to his credit, he did a good Brilliant. one, didn't he? Brilliant. Um, that was fantastic. Yeah, that must have been killing him to write like that. But, um, yeah, he gave us a really, really good report. I... No, he's like a cat with nine lives, uh, because it was a, it was an excellent piece and it shows, you know, what he, he can actually do. Yeah, this is the guy, Barney Rone is like, every time you read one of his articles, it's like, he's kind of like a sixth former at school trying to impress the teacher with how many adjectives and, and metaphors he can get in well, there. Well, it's but... almost like he's trying to get into Suits Corner in private eye every week. <laughs> exactly, and exactly. he succeeds, actually. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Guys, it was just uh, it was absolutely thrilling. And, um, yeah, Pep has come out of this looking like a tactical genius. Um, I just wondered, uh, Colin, what you thought about... Um, uh, on ESPN FC and also I think by Joe Hart as well, they they all said as good as that was, if City had gone for their orthodox lineup, they could have beaten uh, Madrid like uh, four or five nil. But um, I don't know what you thought about that. Uh, well, Michael Cox said something a little bit, a little bit along the same lines by saying, "Why did Pep change a you know change to an unconventional game plan when?" Um, you know, we play quite wide anyway. His view was Pep widened the pitch, which I thought he was going to do. Um, but he didn't need to do that because we do that anyway. And I suppose you could look at it as a, another example, perhaps, of Pep overthinking things. But we gave him away with a 2-1 win. So, you know, if we play how we played our normal game, I, I don't know. I mean, you know, you play Real Madrid at the Benabao. Teams have barely scored against them this season. So... Um, who are we to who are we to complain? Well, I'm not complaining. That's I for think, sure. Yeah, I think Pep was overthinking it. I mean, if you hear what he, I think he said in the in the post match press conference, how much work City had done for this game, you know, against Real Madrid before the Leicester game, they were practicing uh, on the for the Real Madrid. They'd worked by the signs of it six or seven days tactically watching um, games, all sorts of stuff. So they worked really, really hard to, to, to do this. So, so you can see how Pep really does. It does overthink. I don't think there's any question about that. It's one of those things. Before the game started, once the team news was announced, you had some um, so-called City fans who, were, got, who had the knives out for Pep in what kind of you know um, idiocy is this? What's he doing? He's overthinking. He's uh, he, he has he's lost the plot and all sorts of uh, other stuff. I mean, what I've said are the polite ones. Um, <laughs> and then, but the, but the thing is, it's one of those. You know, if we I said to Colin earlier on, if we'd lost one nil, the knives would have been out against a certain place and Pep as well. But we won two one. It, it is fine margins. We won two one. We deservedly saw. Um, and Pep is hailed as a as a tactical genius. 
Um, but as I said, the, the margins are very, very uh, thin indeed. Well, guys, our glory might not last for very long because I've just been informed that Manchester United are 3-0 up against Club Bruges. 4 on an aggregate. Our, our, our victory might be put in the shade a little bit by that. <laughs> I mean, we're going to play against the chocolate statues, aren't we? So, uh, no, I, I, I wouldn't count that as much. I mean, look, Bruges, Bruges were just happy to get a goal against United. That's how the, the level of Bruges are at. And um, uh, it's, no, it's no biggie. <laughs> yeah, some interesting um, scorelines. I'm just seeing that... Um, Wolves lost 3-2 to Espanyol, uh, but won 6-3 on aggregate. This really is like um, the Willy Wonka league that uh, we're seeing there. Both Arsenal and Celtic are one down at home. That's right. Uh, Inter Milan beat Ludogorets. I mean, it's it's getting to something, but it's very difficult to pronounce the names of some of these teams. But uh, yeah, that's your um, that's your Thursday night um, uh, thing that they're involved in. But uh, we're not going to uh, focus on them uh, too much. Guys, um, uh, how do you feel about the return leg at uh, the Etihad? Obviously, Mendy will be out. Uh, Ramos will be out. Uh, the funny thing is, I think uh, Leroy, they can't really relax because Leroy Sané could well be back. Um, how do you think, Colin, it might go in the return leg? It's interesting, isn't it? Um, you know, there's an argument that Pep should do what he did last night and, and um, you know, play a very, uh, I suppose you call it a defensive Pep formation. Because the one thing we have to do, the one thing that will guarantee us going through is that stopping them scoring. Uh, mm-hmm. but, but obviously we're more than capable of scoring at home. Uh, you know, scoring one goal at home means they've got to score, what, three to, um, yeah. to, to beat us? No, actually, that would... Well, they need, they, need, yeah. they need two. They need two to get into extra time. I mean, as far as I'm concerned, you know, they've, got, look, they've got to score two goals. They've got to score two goals if they want to beat us. Um, so... I mean, they've got to, you know, um, we've just got to play on that. What I don't want us to do is like that game against Wolves where we were winning 2 0. We were down to 10 men, but we went ultra defensive and we basically left ourselves with no outlet uh, except to defend for the for about 40 minutes and uh, we just couldn't hold out. I don't want to go to that sort of level. What we did last night, I'm quite happy with something like that. Maybe, maybe have Leroy or uh, Raheem on the pitch from the start. That'll really uh, put the willies up uh, Real Madrid, um, you know, and, and make them a little bit more cautious. But they've got to, you know, they've got to, they've got to score. So, you know, obviously, um, winning two one at their place is a, is a huge boost for us. I tell you something interesting. I, I read uh, in in uh, in the scandalous Guardian. I mean, they're they're really plumbing the depths uh, these days. And if you remember on the pod a few weeks ago, Colin was t- talking about uh, an in- a game and some incidents in 1906. Um, and yeah. I think um, Colin was given his, his uh, live match report from 1906. That's uh, back when uh, that's back when Colin was the ball boy for Man City, wasn't it? That, that's all right. Sorry, yeah, you know, I've, I've been uh, Is that him a ball or bald. <laughs> uh, <laughs> both actually both both well, How both about both but the guardian the guardian have just um gone with that story now look you know who am i to say that they they, they listen to the podcast i mean who doesn't um but you know how they've it, to me it's a bit of a coincidence that they've gone trawl back um, 114 years to get this story that uh, Colin broke a few weeks ago. Uh, it, it's just too much of a co- coincidence for me. Is oh, there anybody yeah, at the Guardian that you know, Colin, that might be uh, you know doing a bit of um, uh, plagiarising? Yeah. No, I mean it's not like 
no one from the Guardian, I have a very reputable um, newspaper, of course, <laughs> no, no one from the Guardian has ever lifted something I've, you know, done before um, without without speaking to me, so I can't imagine uh, guys, that. Guys, that if you could detect any, any hint of irony in there, you'd be exactly right. Uh, that, that, <laughs> no, if, someone, if someone was to do that, that would, that would be ball-headed cheap, wouldn't it? <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, they're all piling on in the uh, in the in the in the Guardian. I mean, but um, yeah, I mean, Barney Rooney has sort of um, given given that uh, that newspaper a little bit of um, credibility with his latest report. But um, anyway, absolutely triumphant result. I'm absolutely over the moon. I I, I just started this pod. We started. Uh, it's um, it was five o'clock in the morning over here when we started this pod, and um, I had that wonderful moment. You know, whenever you you know, whenever you wake up, guys, to the sound of um, of your uh, Skype waking you up, because you know you always get woken up by Ray at five o'clock in the morning, and um, and uh, then it, it just took about thirty seconds before reality came flashing uh, through. And you suddenly remember we beat Madrid, we beat Madrid, and it was absolutely wonderful, guys. That's pretty much everything that I have um, to talk about, but I'm sure there might be one or two other things uh, that you guys might want to mention before we sign off. Um, Ray, anything that tickled your fancy on uh, social media or anything else uh, in the lead up to this game? City fans, obviously, City fans are overjoyed uh, with what's happened. But you know, I mean, the thing is, the games are coming thick and fast. So you, you, you know, you, you've got a day or half a day to bask in the glory and uh, you know, beam with pride for what the, the lads have done over in uh, in, in Spain. Um, but you, you very quickly brought down to earth because we got another game on Sunday. And uh, you, you get on with your, for me anyway, doing my uh, preview for the Villa game with uh, uh, opposition fans and getting ready for some radio uh, appearances uh, tomorrow and the, the weekend, uh, building up to the game. So, you know, that one, it's very, you, know, you can't spend four or five days basking in it. you just got to move on quickly. We've got a game on uh, Sunday, another game on Wednesday, another game on Sunday, uh, which happens to be a Manchester derby. And games are coming thick and fast. Well, if you're going to be on the on the news, Ray, just remember to keep your answers short. Uh, otherwise, there'll be audio problems. But um, <laughs> here we go, guys. We've got Aston Villa uh, against Manchester City on Sunday in the EFL Cup final, followed by the fifth round of the FA Cup away to Sheffield Wednesday. Then, of course, we've got um, Derby, uh, the Manchester Derby at the Theatre of um, Theatre of something. Theatre of Dreams? Screams. Yeah, I think. Screams. The Theatre of Screams, which, which, which apparently, you know, with the roof leaking and everything else, might not necessarily be a pleasant experience. And then, obviously, a home game on the 14th of March against Burnley. So, as Ray said, yeah, the games are coming thick and fast. And, uh, yeah, it should be very, very exciting uh, as we go on this year's version of, the, of, uh, of Man City with a shopping trolley trying to put all of these cups in it. But um, yeah, Colin, have you got anything else to add, or shall we uh, shall we wrap it up here? The only thing I can add is, of course, City received some um, pre-match publicity for their travelling outfits. Oh but, yeah, double denim, double denim, yeah. double denim, and, and I rather thought it looked like they were preparing for a spell in prison. That <laughs> was so funny. I remember this so well. I remember that I, I when I worked in the passport office, my first job after university. Um, did it for a couple of years, and I made the mistake of turning up one day to work in a denim shirt and matching denim jeans and white trainers. And from that moment, 
um, I was given the nickname of Shaken Stevens or Shaky. And <laughs> from that moment, from that moment, there are still guys in Belfast and um, they, they don't even know my real name. They just call me Shaky. So, um, my goodness, yeah, it was a strange. Rather than back. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it was a strange, uh, <laughs> it was a strange get up, Ray. Oh, um, but I guess you, it's only really whenever you're sort of like in your 20s and, and stick thin that you can pull that off, I guess. Uh, yeah, absolutely, mate. There's no chance of it these days. Uh, I'm not sure I pull off the twenties either. Anyway, I, guys, I think that's probably all that we um, that we could yeah. uh, really talk about. So I think we'll probably close it down uh, here and uh, just uh, say thank you very much to our two regular contributors. And uh, Ray, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for coming on. Oh, it's been fantastic. Uh, you know, to, uh, uh, to, you know, to review a fantastic, uh, wonderful performance. And, uh, it's like, you know, we've, we've beaten uh, European royalty. And if this doesn't, if this doesn't get our players thinking that they deserve to be at this stage and, and improve our mentality, then nothing will. Yeah, it was so much fun uh, tweeting out, you know, that famous image of Rodney Trotter from Only Fools and Horses giving the middle finger. Up to uh, up to uh, UEFA, I, I tweeted that one out. Well, we've, you've also been listening to uh, Colin Savage. Colin, thank you so much for coming on. It's a pleasure. I say, what um, you know, isn't it great to to kind of well, go to bed yesterday and get up and well, for me go to work with a you know that warm glow from having you know really seen a little bit of I suppose history really first time. Just the first time we've beaten Real Madrid, but to get a win in the Bernabeu was, was quite something. And, and I think I said that um, but in September 2012, when we played there for the first time, we were 2-1 up with just a yeah. few minutes to go. And uh, uh, Rob, who was sat next to me, turned to him and said, my God, you know, uh, are, are we dreaming this? We're 2-1 up at, at Real Madrid. Uh, and of course, we lost that game, but so it was a bit disappointing. But it, you know, it, there was still a thrill there from having been just a few minutes away from a, a memorable um, win. And but to actually achieve it, I think, just shows how far we've come as a club, and, uh, uh, and how far the players have reacted to to the news in the last few weeks. Uh-huh. I've got, sorry, boys, I've got this mental image now of Colin going to work with his ready Brett glow uh, around oh, surrounding. Absolutely. You. Yeah, I was just thinking the same thing. I was about to say it, um, actually, Ray, but then I thought um, you'd need to be at least 45, I think, to, to know what that referred to. <laughs> but, um, well, I, I'm at least 45, so yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah it was it was a bit like that ready back glow, you know, walking. It was bloody cold this morning. <laughs> um, it's about a 20-minute walk from where I parked to, to where I work. And, but, you know, I just was walking on air this morning and, you know, it's, it can still, after all those years, you know, supporting City, it can still do that to you. But, you know, I just well, love football. Well, guys, um, luckily, I think that we're all going to go to bed now with that lovely ready brick uh, glow, because normally at this point it's uh, Colin and Ray that get to go to bed because it's um, late at night over there in Manchester, but it's 6.35 a.m. here in uh, Korea. I think I'm going to take another hour uh, or two before I get up as well. So I'll be able to bask in the glow, the afterglow of this wonderful uh, win against Real Madrid. Guys, I hope you've enjoyed listening to us. We have been the Bolt from the Blue podcast. We'll be back with you after the next game. But as we always say, we're going to just finish off with we really, really hope you have one on us and up the blues.
Time that your mind took off 